Welcome back, my friends. It's the Hashtag 59 Podcast. It's season four where we are talking about switchbacks and... Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Jill G is the sandwich expert. I am the switchback expert and sometimes we switch roles depending on the situation. Today we're talking about Moab, Utah and the sandwiches we just ate there on a couple different of their many amazing hiking trails. So Jill G, Mm -hmm. you were not as huge on Moab, but I think you kind of maybe grew into it a little bit on this last trip. Yeah, it won me over this time. We've been there before, and I think the thing that was challenging for me is because I'm not as experienced of a hiker, a lot of the hikes to the arches that we previously went on were on rocks, right? Like big slabs of rocks where you're looking at the, um, is it pit cairns or pit cairns? Yeah. That you're looking to kind of be able to navigate your way. So I felt like it was really hard to get my bearings because it wasn't just maybe like a specific trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time we did go on a trail. So that really helped not distract me, right? I was able to really enjoy the hike because I wasn't worried about hiking on the rock specifically. And then the other one we went on, they actually had painted kind of the direction to go. So it was much easier for me to follow. Also, I'm a lot more experienced than the last yes, time that we went. Because so, that was probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. So so you were able to I was able to focus a little bit more on the scenery. Of course the arches are always beautiful, right? I mean it's not there's nothing compared to that, but the specific hikes themselves were challenging for me to the, the time before. Well, that makes me excited because I love me some Moab, Utah. I know you do. It's a town, for those of you unfamiliar, uh, about 4,500 people that live there year-round. It's really surrounded by nothing but public land in every which direction. It's not really near anything. We're able to hop over there because we're living right now in Grand Junction, Colorado, which is just 90 minutes away. But... If you leave Grand Junction and if you or if you leave Moab, there's nothing in any direction that you go in terms of um, modern day people and like you places know. to visit or stop along the way. There just isn't too much along the way. Or as and L- maybe there is if somebody's listening and we missed it. Oh, there's tons of like so if you're not into the outdoors and nature though and right. solitude, there's nothing. Or as Ellen Malloy calls them in that new book that I'm reading that you got me, inconvenience stores. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. So let's get down to it. Uh, so <clears throat> Moab has pretty much anything you could want to do in any out if outdoor adventure is something that interests you. This last trip. Um, we went over to see our friends, uh, Greg and Abby and Monkey. Monkey's the dog. And we went first, uh, we went on the Grand Staff Trail, which was a great hike. Six miles through some canyons, not in the national park, so the dogs could go. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just outside of the park, though. I mean, it feels like it's in the park almost. Yeah, it was just right off of... Um, where you launch boats to go white to go rafting down the Colorado River. But that was not the hike that we went and had sandwiches on. But I wanted to mention it because Arches National Park, uh, you cannot have dogs. 
on the hiking trails. So the Grand Staff Trail is a trail right outside of Moab uh, that is a great hiking trail if you have a four-legged pooch who wants to go hiking and what dog doesn't want to go hiking. Truth. So then the next day we went on the Corona Arch Trail, which insider information, friends, this is, I think, the best hike in Moab, Utah. Whoa. Really? Yeah. You've gone on a lot. You think it's the best? It is the best, and I think it's the coolest arch. There's no people. It's hidden. I will even say, did I get a little gasp of astonishment at the beauty when we were driving to the trailhead by you? Who, by me? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know about that. Maybe. Did yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so a little bit. Okay. So to get to the Corona Arch, this is Bureau of Land Management space. Uh, it pops right up in Google Maps, but it will, uh, it's about nine miles snaking uh, along the Colorado River before you get into what would eventually turn into the wilderness of Canyonlands National Park. Uh, it's the Gold Bar Campground is the trailhead. Across or across the street from the trailhead is the Gold Bar Campground, so it's pretty easy to find. Uh, but there at Corona Arch, uh, Jill, what would you like about this hike? This switchback. What was my favorite part? It's really unique because the way that you start out, you cross a railroad track, so you have to be careful. But of course, they have kind of some barbed wire fencing up just to to alert you, but it's carved right through the canyon. I don't know how old that would have been, but I think that that's, it starts out really unique in that fashion, right? You're crossing this railroad and then you're kind of starting to head up into the, into the rocks and two barbed wire crossings, actually two barbed wire crossings, one a little tighter than the other one. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they're both for, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that they had a purpose, but really you were able to just kind of follow the, the markings on the rocks as we walked through and it was just really beautiful. Like a lot of places in Utah. I mean, it was just, even though it was a little bit chilly because of the time of year, it was a bright blue sky day, which against those rocks. And then once we eventually got up to that arch, my favorite part was not, so there's a small scramble that has really small, maybe eight feet, maybe less that has a chain. It's probably really like 15 feet. You think? Yeah. Okay. Because it's because you're because you're five seven. But I was thinking I probably could have closely like laid. It's a little bit. It's but it's not very long. But it's just a really steep little part that you need this chains to kind of scramble up, and then there's maybe a eight foot high ladder. I was gonna say four foot, but I mean not a very high ladder either that goes from one rock to the next. So it, it does incorporate a little bit of kind of what I would consider adventure if if you're looking for that. But other than that, it's a pretty easy hike i wouldn't yeah. say it's even really moderate it's really easy it's it's 400 feet um three miles round trip and then i think probably one of the reasons you liked it the most was because there was hardly anybody there hardly anyone there and moab gets packed during their tourist seasons uh, especially arches some of the trails there it's a it's a place known for parking lots to fill up uh the arch though is stunning and that's what's really nice. I mean, a lot of the arches in the national park are like this too, but you could walk right up to it. Like you're right there. And I think the uh, 
the fact that there wasn't that many people, but there was also a lot more people coming when we left. We were also, just timing wise, but been. we were also there on a on a government holiday, mm-hmm. and it was still all ours. Uh, this arch also has some significance to it. Uh, several outdoor adventurers uh, have. It used to be a kind of a thing to base jump off of it or just swing. Oh, and it re- was swinging. Swinging and repelling be- between it. This arch is huge. And uh, it's now outlawed. Somebody had actually died, I believe, doing it. So they ask. Yeah, because I, I remember that was years ago. There was a story. People you know, would kind of like rock climb to the mm-hmm. top, attach ropes, and then swing. Just kind of like a big swing. But of course, you know, you've got to calculate your rope length. And I think there was a lot of accidents from people miscalculating that length in regards to their rope. So they've outlawed. I don't know. It was probably always outlawed. Yeah, it was probably. I I think actually, I think it's always been illegal. Now uh, you can like they're actually like posting signs and looking for people Um, along the way. Also, though, you get a second arch, the bow tie arch, which you're going to walk right up to. Looks nothing like a bow tie. I think it looks exactly like a bow tie. And then uh, on your way back or on your way there, you can do a little side side hike to add another 1.2 miles to the trek and a couple hundred feet of elevation. So if you do if you do this to Pinto Arch, uh, you're looking at 4.2 and about 800 feet in elevation. So a reasonable enough hike to pack a sandwich. Yeah, good segue. Yeah, really good segue. So Corona Arch, uh, yeah, Bureau of Land Management, across the street from the Gold Bar Campground, not in the National Park, and that is my hidden Moab hike. And if you want to bring a pooch, the Grand Staff Trail. Yeah. Now let's talk, before we get into a couple other hikes in the area and Moab, about... The sandwich. The sandwich. Yes, this is why people actually tune in. What did we eat on this hike, Jill G? Well, I am happy at Sad to report that we had coconut wraps, but Mike's been having a big kick. You'll notice this if you go back and look at our sandwiches of leftovers. He likes to put leftovers in the wrap, but I will have to say we brought some, what is that? I don't see that. What is that kind of pickle that I like? Uh, we brought Grillo's Pickles. Grillo's Pickles and Rick's Mean Beans, which are pickled green beans. Hot. Hot, yeah, spicy. And so I realized that you can put pickled vegetables on almost any leftover, and it kind of revives them, obviously, the vinegar. But they were good, weren't they? We had leftover veggie veggie burgers. They with, were beet quinoa burgers. Yeah, so we had beet quinoa burgers with uh, melted Monterey Jack. And then we added Grillo's pickles and Rick's mean beans, and we put mayonnaise on them. We, we had uh, poblano pepper slices, too. Yep. So it was kind of just a hubbub was, of kind of everything we had in the fridge, and we put it in a wrap, and it we, was good. But we've also made those veggie burgers and chopped them up and turned them into coconut wraps before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be my... Full mix. And for those of you that don't think you can make good veggie burgers at home, you're wrong. You can. They're very easy to make. And for those of you that like meat but think you wouldn't like the taste of a veggie burger, once again, you're wrong. They're good. I promise. And they taste – do they taste better when we sat in the empty 
um, space of Utah with the blue sky overlooking so. the Colorado River. I think so. That's why these sandwiches are so good sometimes. It probably doesn't even matter what the sandwich is. It's the scenery. Yeah. It's the switchback sometimes. Yeah. Okay. It's also the sandwich. Now, we so we did that hike, but <clears throat> earlier in that morning... Oh, yeah. For breakfast, we had a bonus sandwich. Bonus sandwich. Where That was a little cafe in town in the kind of downtown main strip of Moab. The Red Rock, the Red Rock Cafe. Red Rock Cafe. We had bagel sandwiches. What I, was it? It was oh, We had I, the same one. I had a toasted plain bagel with fried egg, and I had pepper jack cheese. And I had avocado slices on it, and and a, tomato, and tomato. Yeah, I and had a hot sauce. I had a jalapeno bagel with egg, tomato, avocado, and it was good. It was very good. Yeah. So bonus sandwich. The bagel sandwich is an underrated sandwich. I think we're gonna have to have some bagel sandwiches. I agree. Up. We now had coconut wrap sandwiches. Yeah. And. We've been making a lot of breakfast burritos. In fact, the morning before we went, the mor- the same day that we went on the Grand Straff Trail, before we went over to Moab, we had breakfast burritos with Brad mm-hmm. here, and those were simply amazing. So I think listeners, get ready. There's going to be, a- obviously, we're doing a lot of switchbacks, but the sandwich variety. We're going to have to up our sandwich. It's game. about to get crazy. But hold on. Before we go on to that, what would be your side dish with our veggie burger leftover coconut wrap slash with pickled vegetables yeah sandwich yeah what would be your side dish do you need anything else uh i'm gonna go with what we made last night for dinner which was uh mexican broccoli which is we roasted we roasted broccoli tomatoes and jalapenos and then we put cilantro on top of them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i thought it was great Oh, and you had cayenne pepper on those. Yep. It's interesting that you said that. It's a nice side dish. I like roasted vegetables after they're cold on a side dish on a hike. The first part of this podcast when you were talking about it, I was Googling what my side dish would be. And I also came up with broccoli, which is weird. But you probably have never had this. There's like a cold broccoli salad. It's like broccoli, mayo. A lot of people put bacon in it. And nuts. I think you put nuts in it too. Of course I haven't had that. It's a pretty, it's pretty decent side dish staple. Anyway, that is what I would have with it. A and the cold name broccoli of the, sandwich, salad. Yeah. It's just called broccoli salad, but it's kind of a ma- one of those mayo-y kind of salad. So we got some, we got options. You got the Corona Arch Trail with the Pinto, the Pinto Trail side on. You got the Grand Staff Trail. Uh, a couple of my other favorite hikes in Arches National Park, Delicate Arch, which. You and I have done together for Sunrise. We went to that one on Sunrise, which, because of the way it sits, is a really nice time of day to go. And you would also recognize the Delicate Arch because it is on Utah license plates. Oh, yeah. So it's it's probably the most famous landmark in the state of Utah. That is a great hike in uh, Arches National Park. My favorite hike, though, in Arches is uh, if you drive all the way to the end of the paved road in the park, you can go on an eight-mile loop. I took Freddie on this, and you and I did a little bit of it. 
it has the landscape arch, which is that thin one that some of it broke off of. Yes, I remember that. And it's the longest arch in the entire country or the entire world now. But soon, over the next couple hundred years, that the, the middle of it's so thin now, it will break off. I remember that one. Yeah. But there's also, there's eight total arches that you can see on that. Yeah, I think I just went, that must be one of the first ones because I remember we went to that. Because there's even like some plaques, I think, or some information there that you can read that talks about like when that piece cracked off. Yeah. You know, it's just a regular day in the park, but like the sound that vibrated and kind of how that all happened. There's also, I love, Freddie and I went all the way out to the double O arch, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. It's two huge thick O's. That are like sitting on top of each other. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then there's one other arch. I, this Actually, I guess this episode is arches and sandwiches. Okay. What's really? the other one? The one in Canyonlands mm-hmm. that we went to. Now, listeners, we knew we had to have a story where Jill kind of was a little nerved up about This was a while hike. ago. This was a while ago. So <clears throat> we went hiking to Mesa Arch in Canyonlands on a foggy day in Canyonlands National Park. It was also right after Jill had seen 127 Hours with James Franco, which is based on the true story of Aaron Ralston cutting his arm off to survive after being stuck in a canyon for 127 hours. Which happened in a portion of Canyonlands. Not where we were. I was going to say, in retrospect, I realized he was like canyoneering, going down into the passages. We were literally like we were on a right by the parking lot. But I still was fairly terrified because of the fog. Because the people we met on the trail said, careful, you could walk right off the edge. Yeah. So that was what made me nervous about it. And it was. If you look below Mesa Arch, it is a sheer drop off mm-hmm. uh, to nothing. Yeah, it was just really foggy. So I don't think we really probably, at least that time, you've maybe been another time, got really the whole kind of idea of what the Canyonlands landscape looked like. Literally, that fog, you couldn't probably see two feet in front of you. It was just really, really thick. But that's what makes Moab so cool. Between Canyonlands, the land management space, the Colorado, you can raft down the Colorado River. We've gone, uh, you can mountain bike on the Slick Rock mountain bike trail, and you can go on all these arch hikes and eat all these sandwiches along the way. And it looked like they had, you know, you might have, you said biking, but like even through town, they had some nice little routes that you could take, bicycle routes. They have some nice um, mural art that they've painted. I always think a lot of the downtown areas that are attached to these national parks are really neat. A lot of cool, unique small shops and art. I agree. So that's another big piece. I think what makes Moab stand out is uh, that although it is, if, if you ask somebody who lives in Moab, they would probably say it's overrun with tourists. But comparatively speaking, because of its isolation to Salt Lake City is the closest major city, and it's a four-hour drive mm-hmm. into a lot of nothing. Uh, and it has so many other protected land spaces around it, national forests, and types of that, that it allows people to spread out when they're there. Mm -hmm. So the crowds outside of like the one or two iconic trails and arches, the crowds can really spread out. Mm -hmm. It's a good place. Yeah. I would go back. Well, uh, I'm going back this week. Maybe you should play a monkey at work. No way. Let's call Vince. No way. I have to work. Okay. Vince, I hope you're listening to that and see what a dedicated uh, employee you have at your team. 
I will be going back to Moab, taking our friends Matt and Katie. I think we're going to go on Delicate Arch. And I'll let you guys know if we take a sandwich. No, you're going to try to do a bonus episode? Not a bonus episode, maybe, maybe a bonus Katie. post. Who knows? So stay tuned this stay week, tuned. listeners. Um, veggie burgers and coconut wraps. Outstanding. Better eating on the Colorado River. Bagels with fried egg, avocado, tomato, cheese. Good anywhere. Anytime. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. We'll be back. We're going to be right back with another episode, though, uh, coming up here on the Colorado National Monument and all the hiking in that area and the Grand Mesa, which is the tallest or the largest flat top mountain in the world. And that's where we're living right now in Grand Junction, Colorado. But for now, it's about Moab. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is Mike R. and Jill G. This is the Switchbacks and Sandwiches podcast on hashtag 59. If you like what you are listening to, give us a review. Give us a shout. We have a postcard club. We have a blog. And we have tons of opportunities to safely adventure in the outdoors with us or doing a DIY style, keeping our planet clean. Uh, all those details can always be found on our website, hashtag 59.com. Until next time, have fun adventuring. Peace. <laughs>